Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So on this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with second-year student Tanvi Pritmani. Tanvi and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about her decision to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, what she's enjoyed about her Darden experience so far, and her advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Tanvi Pritmani. Well, Tanvi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brett, for having me here today. So uh, tell us just a little bit more about you. Uh, who are you? What's your background? Yeah, sure. So as I've already introduced, my name is Tanvi, and I am from Singapore. I spent the last 16 years over there. It's a tiny dot of a country. You might have heard about it through Crazy Rich Asians, but uh, it's very different from that. So in Singapore, I worked as a consultant at Deloitte in the strategy and operations practice, and I did a lot of project management office type of work. Um, it's funny, I always joke, my friends thought that did, since I did so much of this planning type of work, they even nicknamed me Tan Plan at work. Um, and I kind of realized that that's the time I got to I gotta move a little bit. So yeah, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. So when did you realize that you wanted to pursue an MBA, that that made sense given your career progression? Yeah. So for me, I primarily chose to do an MBA because I wanted to change. Singapore is a fantastic country, but it's 5 million people. It's really small. Uh, and that also speaks a little bit to the opportunities that I had in my job prospect, which was in consulting. And as I've mentioned a little bit earlier, I was kind of honed in on the financial services and planning type of work, which I wanted to move away from. So I thought the MBA would be a great opportunity for me to try something new. I wanted to get out of Singapore, so looked at business schools outside of Singapore, and I wanted to hopefully end, end up back in consulting. So it uh, it made sense for me to make the move. And so how did you specifically get interested in Darden? Yeah. So to be honest, I didn't know much about Darden when I when I first heard of it. Someone had mentioned it to me and recommended it to me as a school that would work. So I did a little bit of research about it and I was like, all right, this looks like a good school. Um, it's, you know, rankings are pretty good. It seems to have a good trans, uh, transition into consulting. Uh, there seems to be something called the case method, which I'd done a little bit about a little bit of in my undergraduate school as well. So I thought this seems like a like an interesting place. And I think when I what really hit me about Darden was during my interview. Um, I had an amazing interview with uh, one of one of the interviewers, and it was more of a conversation than anything else. And at the end of that end of that interview, I knew, okay, if I'm going to get this offer, I'm going to take it because it was so. It was just a conversation for them to know me and for me to know, know them. And I really appreciated that more than you know a typical formal interview that you'd have. So that's kind of what got me interested in Darden, and then what kind of sold me to it. Yeah, from the interviewer admissions committee perspective, we <laughs> really enjoy the way that we structure interviews because you really get to know someone. Yeah. I think you get a feel for who they are as a person. It can be a little bit harder to do that uh, if you're asking someone a lot of behavioral questions, tell me about a time when, that sort of thing. Obviously, those questions are illuminating in other yeah. ways. But uh, in terms of just getting to spend 40 minutes with someone or 30, 35 minutes with someone and, and hear that person's story and, and what's important to them and why they want to do this for their career is, is obviously a really special opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still remember my interview, I mentioned that I love food as a Singaporean. All Singaporeans <laughs> love food. It's something we're very passionate about. So I was talking to my interviewer and she gave me a whole bunch of recommendations on restaurants to visit. And she was like, you should go to Milan, which is this awesome Indian restaurant mm-hmm. downtown. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was it was it was really nice to have that conversation type of uh, mm-hmm. thing going on. 
going on versus like a formal yeah. thing. I still have a lot of restaurants I haven't tried in Charlottesville, so I gotta. Always, I got some work to do. <laughs> always a new restaurant opening up, seemingly yeah, too. Yeah. So, um, had you spent much time in the United States before you came? Nope. It was actually, I'd say, well, second time. The first time was when I was two years old and I just went to Disneyland. So I don't think that's really counted. Mm -hmm. um, but this is basically my first time in the U.S. So talk a little bit about the process experience of coming from Singapore to yeah. Charlottesville. What was that like? Um, it was uh, it was a lot for me. I have never lived away from my parents. I've never lived away from home. I've always lived in a bustling city. Prior to Singapore, my family was in Hong Kong and before that in the Middle East, uh, primarily in the Middle East. So coming to Charlottesville in the U.S. was quite quite a shocker. I still remember. I think it was it took, Charlottesville doesn't have a lot of high rise buildings, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of more back to nature. And I think I saw high rise buildings again after six months after coming here. And it was like, wow, this is, it's, it's a, it's been a while, but it's also been, it's been refreshing, you know, coming from the city and going into a more nature-esque place has been, has been pretty good. I like the small town feel that we, that we have in Charlottesville here. I've kind of, I've started hiking a little bit more. I'm going on the Patagonia DWC as well to test that out a little bit. So it's uh it's been different, but I think with some time and you know having made some friends here, it's uh it's it's been it's been really good. Do you think that navigating being in a new environment in the United States for the first time was your biggest adjustment when you came as a first year student? Were there other things that were new, different that you were having to adjust to? So definitely coming to the US was one aspect of it being different. I think the other aspect was also just literally learning how to be independent and on my own. I've never lived away from family for a long period of time. I've always been within like a two hour flight maximum from my parents. So it's not been always been nearby. Um, so that itself, learning how to be independent was something different for me. Uh, and I'm still, and, and there's some things that I'm still learning. So I told myself before coming to Darden, I'm going to learn how to be a good cook, but I don't think I've learned that yet. Um, so it's, it's a constant learning process, but definitely have progressed along that journey more than I had. One and well, half years ago. Well, let's talk a little bit about the academic experience. Yeah. Um, what was surprising to you um, about the f first year or what mm. um, what were some of the challenges that you found along the way and how did you respond to those? Yeah, I'd say um, I think the academics at Darden were quite tough for me in the beginning, um, having to adjust firstly to coming to the U.S. and then fixing, figuring out how to like build furniture, which I've never done before. Um on top of that, the academics were like an added 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 mm -hmm. stress to me. But I quickly learned that with the learning team network that we have here at Darden, it is possible to get through it. And there are so many different various checkpoints along the way for recruiting and for academics as well that really kind of helps you doesn't leave anyone behind is what I'm trying to say. So I, it, it, was, it was difficult, you know, doing three cases a day is not easy and I don't think it'll ever be easy, but you get better at it. And in the second year, it's been a lot, it's been a lot, um, it's been a lot lighter, I'd say. So. So talk a little bit more about your learning team, because I, I know this is something that prospective students ask about a lot. Yeah. You know, um, what was your team like? How did how did y'all manage the work? What was what was the approach you took? Sure. So the learning team, um, just to kind of give a little bit of a background, is a motley crew of six, five to six people. Sometimes they're from mostly most of them are from different sections. Sometimes you have one person from two sections and everyone on your team is totally different to who you who you are. So it different geographies, different um, experiences, backgrounds, etc. And I I like that. You know, it became like an instant group of five or six people that I can be friends with. 
Um, so we kind of divvied up the work based on, uh, we kind of figured quickly that if each of us did three cases every day, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. So we divvied up the cases, having one person do the case and one person support per case per day. And we had that person take the lead. That also helped, um, you know, helped give opportunities to students in my students in my learning team who may not have been comfortable in presenting to present. So that was one way that we tried to build a little bit more of an inclusive environment and also made sure that everyone had the opportunity to to present uh, their cases and show mm-hmm. that they're that they're keeping up as well. So it, it, it was really good. Um, we're still pretty tight. Uh, one of my learning teammates is getting married in September, so I'm going to go for his wedding. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, so you're you're right to note the the presentation piece, right? Because mm. communication, being able to speak and contribute in class, is a is a big part of how you're evaluated here at Darden. And probably nice to practice with your learning team before you you go to class and maybe are called on or choose to speak up and, and contribute. Yeah, it's a it's a safe space, right? I mean, we're all friends, and mm. we all no one's everyone has good intentions here. There's a phrase here at Darden called "assume positive intent," um, and it's a good space to kind of practice that as well. So, mm. I I think the learning team experience was a very good one for me. Let's talk a little bit more about your section. Uh, what section were you? So I was in section C, which mm-hmm. is the green section. We're often joked about being the most mediocre or most average, but I don't believe that's true. There are some things we're very good at. Um, we, I, I, I love my section a lot. Uh, we had some great, great faculty, which I, whom I've really respected a lot in the last two years and will continue to do so. Um, Section-wise, We've had a lot of fun. We did some random, we have had a lot of random events together, which has been a lot of good, a lot of fun as well. Um, we also have, we had very good section norms, I'd say. So section norms were just etiquette that we tried to implement across the section. And I, because everyone kind of adhered to that and tried their best to assume positive intent, that made it easy for people who may not be comfortable speaking to speak up as well. And I think that, it was a nice, cozy environment to be put into. So I still remember in the on the last day of core when you leave your section, it's 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 really emotional because you feel like you've been a part of this family for three quarters, and now you're in the fourth quarter of first year, and you're kind of away from them. But it's funny how even though you kind of break up from the section, you don't really do that because even till today, even if I'm going to any of my second year classes, I'll look out for my section C friends and say hi or try to grab a seat next to them. So there is a community that builds within that section, which I appreciate. Yeah. So um, we're recording this uh, in early March and uh, just earlier earlier this week was the end of the first year core curriculum for, yeah. uh, for our class of, of 2020. Big celebration, the Darden SWAT team. Uh, school was awesome today is uh, what that stands for. Uh, covered it a little bit on the Discover Darden blog. Looked like it was a lot of fun for everybody. So, yeah. um, but a bittersweet moment. Um, yeah. We asked one of the SWAT team members, Justin Masters, um, second year student, how he felt when he got to the end of core. And it was this uh, feeling of relief and then almost immediate nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about the section norms, because I, I don't think this is something that our, our prospective students know as much about. So um, each section you know, sets its norms and decides mm-hmm. how um, you know, they're going to engage with, with each other. Um, talk a little bit about what norms you establish this section C. Yeah, sure. So section norms for section C, I'd say one of the norms that I remember, it's it's been a little bit yeah. of a while now, <laughs> um, is that if someone is speaking, for example, in class, 
you don't raise your hand. You let that person speak and complete his or her sentence. And only then after that, do you raise your hand to raise a point? Um, if we, we tried to establish some norms such as a golf clap, but we decided to avoid that one. Um, but the norm on not raising your hand when someone else is speaking, I think is it's quite nice because it prevents the other person from feeling intimidated. Um, those, that's one of the norms that I think that I really like. Some sections, what they also do is they talk about these norms and they paste them on the wall. So to kind of reestablish that this is our section and this is how we want to interact with our peers and classmates. So, Yeah, to me, I've always considered that a pretty powerful example of how students sort of shape their experience here and, and the students own the yeah. classroom, the faculty come to the classroom, uh, but the classroom is very much student space um, and um, lots of examples of how students can lead and in, in apply what they're learning in class. Yeah, plenty of opportunities, I think, for students to lead or plenty of opportunities in general. I think a fear of missing out or FOMO is real at Tarden. Um, there's just so many things you want to do at any point in time. It uh, sometimes takes a, a toll on you, but it's there's always there's there are always opportunities for us to take here, which I've enjoyed a lot. So you mentioned you were interested in consulting uh, mm-hmm. when you came to Darden. Uh, what did you do in the in the f- summer after first year? So in the summer, I summered with McKinsey in the Atlanta office. Um, I worked on a sales strategy piece uh, in, in in Houston, so I traveled every every week. Uh, that was a change for me. I haven't done that for work before, even though I was in consulting prior to Darden as well. Um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a I had a great I had a great team. I had a great experience. Ten weeks. I ate a lot over the ten weeks at all these fancy restaurants I went to. Um, as you can tell, I like eating a lot. But it was um, it was a really good experience and kind of and made me realize that consulting is something that I really do want to pursue again. Um, and I will be going back there full time as well. Uh, what will your role be when you return to McKinsey? I will be an associate. So that's the post MBA mm-hmm. level that students come into. Working in any particular line of the business or? Um, no, not not in particular. I wanted to keep it a little bit more generalist given that I'd focused in financial services or ended up being specialized in financial services at Deloitte. So wanted to keep this more general or generalist role as they call it. But I have a slight interest in retail. That's I it summered many, many years ago at Procter & Gamble. And I feel like retail is something that I can, you know, the tangible products that I can associate with. So retail is something that I am interested in. And that's why I chose Atlanta, because we got a plenty of retail companies over there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so how has your second year been? Second year has been amazing. So <laughs> I don't think it's any less busy. I kind of felt that my second year said, oh, second year is a breeze. It's going to be really free. That's not true. It's how busy as you make it want to be, as you want to be, but it's all by choice. So I have been keeping myself busy with a bunch of things. I am a second year coach, which I think is one of the best ways that Dar- that highlights Darden's service-oriented culture. Um, so I've been coaching five students to hopefully get them jobs for this summer. I am also the lead student ambassador for the Center of Global Initiative. So what we do with that is we try to make sure that the offerings that the CGI or Center for Global Initiatives offers are what students want and get collecting any feedbacks, feedback from students on these different initiatives that CGI has. So CGI does the Darden Worldwide courses, the global consulting projects and exchange projects as well. 
Um, I am also a part of the SWAT team, so can't really say much about that. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm part of the the SWAT team as well. So I've been involved in some of the more fun activities that we've. Um, had here in in at Darden. And lastly, I'm also a part of the consulting club because the consulting club was a crucial part of my first year. And I felt that that is something that I should give back to as well. So I am a VP of events for, for, for them as well. That's all the school related stuff I've been doing. There's a lot of fun stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot. Um, I think it's a part of business school as well. So I did. Um, I did Norway over Thanksgiving, which was a lot of fun, just just for fun. Uh, went to Smoky Mountains a couple of weeks ago, and then I have a DWC to Patagonia, and I'm going to be doing some travel in Chile before that too. So, lots of traveling for fun. <laughs> wow, certainly busy. Um, so, for those of you wondering why Tanvi cannot talk about the SWAT team, uh, <laughs> it's a it's an organization that that operates largely in secrecy. You just never know where they're going to turn up yep. next. So. Uh, <laughs> they prefer to keep everything sort of uh, – it's funny. Justin's response when we reached out to him about the blog was basically like, I can't say much, but I'll say what I can. And, uh, you know, the SWAT team doesn't really like to give up a whole lot of its secrets. So um, <laughs> so I appreciated that. So um, talk about being a second-year coach a little bit. Um, we've interviewed some of your colleagues who mm-hmm. were second-year coaches for the blog and um, – to a person, they have said, I wanted to do this because my second year coach had real impact for me or someone helped me along the way or I just felt like this was a great way to give back um, and be helpful to students who are obviously going through something that is mm. challenging, stressful, any number of, of you know, r- range of emotions. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the reason why I wanted to be a second year coach. I had a phenomenal second year coach last year. Um, I still remember there was a point in, they call it, they call it black November and it's, it's not that black. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there are a lot of applications due, you know, it's second quarter. There's, it's hard academically as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And, um, it was this period of time and I went to my second year coach and I just ranted to her and you know, I didn't want any advice, but I just wanted to some, tell someone that I'm feeling stressed out. I don't know if things are going my way. And she reassured me and kind of kept me in check. And I really appreciated that about her. And I attribute a lot of my success to her as well, just to kind of keep my sanity in check and making sure that I'm going in the right direction. So with that experience, I, I knew that I would definitely want to be a second year coach. I think it's also a great way for me to get to know some of the first years a little bit more personally, which I have enjoyed as well. So uh, as a part of the second year program, what we do is we have a bunch of classes with the CDC, who has also helped me a lot in the last almost two years now at Darden. Um, We have some classes with the CDC and taking some of the learnings from those classes, we apply them to our coaches. We call them coaches, the five or six people that we have. So it's, um, it's been interesting to me to also for me to also realize Working with people who have different needs, not everyone wanted to go into consulting. Some people wanted to do real estate or general management. So it's been interesting to me to tailor my approach to each of these different recruiting paths and cycles. And that to me has been one of the greatest learnings from this program. If I, if I could do it again, I, I, would definitely, I would definitely do this again, hands down. So um, how... how uh 
it sounds like you're having to support the students in a lot of different ways, um, and everybody has different needs. And yeah. obviously, you're working with the Career Development Center, and you're learning about different industries. I mean, I imagine real estate is probably new to you. Yeah. So, um, how what's when you think about tailoring your approach? Students come to you. Sort of, how do you think about being helpful to some someone and as a second year coach? Yeah, so for me, I think the real estate is something I clearly don't know much about, let yeah. alone in the U.S. Um, so for me, the way that I try to be helpful is I try to think of other second years who would know what, who perhaps summered in real estate or are a little bit more knowledgeable than I am in that space. And that's how I tried to be helpful. In terms of tailoring, I think it was more in terms of communication style and what they wanted out of this, the coachee and coach relationship. Some of my coaches want a little bit more personal, you know, I'm feeling really stressed. Let's, let's talk about it. Some of them just wanted, all right, I just want to practice a case with you. And adjusting that technique to each of the different coaches for me personally has been, has been interesting. I also think this is a good practice for me, hopefully at some point when I become an engagement manager, I think that's a, that's a good skill to practice, just learning how to tailor my communication style and approach with people from different, with, with people from, with different needs. So yeah, when you were describing that, having to tailor your communication style to yeah. people with different needs and different, uh, I guess, expectations for what they want from you, yeah, uh, that sounds a lot like being a manager, to me, at least. <laughs> um, so uh, more opportunities to practice, I suppose. Um, so you're doing the D- DWC or Darden Worldwide course to Patagonia. I am going to Patagonia. Woo! Are you excited? I am super excited. I am a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. I have been working out a lot. I hired a personal trainer at the gym, even after all that post-summer wait. Um, it's uh, I'm really excited. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's actually a Knowles course, which means that there are certain rules that we have to follow. Um, no handphones, uh, no washrooms. So it's everything out in the open. Uh, we carry our food, we carry our water. Well, we have some water tablets, but everything has to be carried. Um, and I think it's about 40 to 50 pounds on our backs for seven or eight days. Uh, and I'm doing this while a bunch of my friends are going to Spain and Israel and like planning out all the fun things that they're going to do there. So I'm having some like cold feet. I'm having a little bit of cold feet, but I I know it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, and I don't think I'll have an opportunity to do this type of thing again. The way that I chose my DWCs was basically um, I wanted to do experiences that I feel like I may not have the opportunity to do again. I in first year I went to Uganda and I and I purposely chose to go to Uganda um, because I apart from Egypt I've never been to Africa and I thought that going to Uganda with a group of 30 people would be something that I may not ever be able to do again in my life. I use that same logic for Patagonia because again I don't know if I can convince 11 of my friends to be as crazy as me and leave their phones and their comfort behind to come with me on an 8-day trek across uh, Chile. So that's that's the main reason why I'm doing this. Um, the Patagonia course is also a leadership course. So at Darden, we have a leadership requirement that we need to fulfill as a part of our curriculum. And Knowles, this the Patagonia DWC fulfills that because a part of our course is we have to navigate, take our team and navigate them through some parts of the trek. Uh, so we'll be kind of split up into groups of three or four. Um, no phone, so you got to use your compass and your map, and you have to figure out how to get from one point to another point 
at the end of each day at the end of each day sorry so that's the leadership aspect how do you again motivate your team of 3 to 4 people who are probably tired and hungry because we don't have the comforts that we have at home to from point a to point b So that's going to be exciting. Wow. So is that how you're spending spring break? That's how I'm spending spring break, but I'm going to spend a little bit of time before that right. um just enjoying myself in Santiago. Oh, that's nice. Um yeah. what's on your what do you hope to accomplish while you're in Chile? Uh, through the Patagonia trek or um you said you were going to Santiago Chile yeah, for a yeah. little while so we're just uh, going more for a holiday uh just to enjoy a little bit so we're going to hopefully do some of the explore some of the wine regions in Santiago um i don't know how to say this correctly but Valparaiso i think is one of the places it's a coastal city of uh, of Chile which i think will be pretty awesome as well it's also my first time in south america so i'm really really excited for that so so um you have just a few more months here mm-hmm. um as a Darden student uh, you'll graduate and then go on to McKinsey in Atlanta um what is on your bucket list what do you hope to accomplish between now and graduation yeah um i quite literally have a list of places that i want to visit and go to before i leave charlottesville i have done a lot of traveling internationally and domestically as well but i don't i feel like i haven't spent a lot of time here so that's kind of the more bucket list type of thing that i want to do while i'm here um but in terms of how i spend my time other things that i'm hoping to accomplish is are um i want to one of the things i'd mentioned is i want to cook more for people i want to cook more so at this time i want to i want to cook for people i want to forge and strengthen some of the relationships that i've built throughout the first year and second year and really work on those 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 friendships i also want to spend some more time with professors um we have some great faculty and i i i wish i'd spent a little bit more time with them in the first year but in the last quarter of my second year i really want to spend a little bit more time to seek all the wisdom that i can from them um so i'm working on an independent study with one of my favorite professors here at darden and as well as some of the professors that i've met throughout the rest of my year as well so those are the main things that i'm going to i want to spend my time on working off my literal bucket list of things that i want to do spend some time cooking with others to work on and build some of the friendships that i've that i've created in the last 2 years and spending more time with professors So you mentioned you're doing an independent study. Yeah. Uh what are you focusing on? So I am doing an independent study on ethics. Uh and this actually stemmed from my summer as when I over the summer I was thinking a little bit about this ethics piece and realized that sometimes ethical in- issues can pertain to a particular industry. So I'm hoping to explore ethical I- issues that our alumni may have faced in consulting and try to bring them down at Darden. to have a conversation with our students so that our students are better prepared to think about these ethical challenges that they may face when they go into industry. That's what I'm hoping to achieve. I think um, ethics was one of my favorite courses at at Darden and it's something, you know, we will, we are going to face ethical challenges regardless of which industry we go to or even if we're self-employed. So, I think by focusing on an industry for potential students, it'll help students at least be aware of the some of things some of the things that they may face and start thinking about how they would act now so that they're better prepared when the time comes that's that's what i want to achieve through this independent study that sounds that sounds interesting so um good luck thank you <laughs> so um what's been your favorite thing about your experience here favorite thing at darden i have really enjoyed the community aspect of 
the school. Um, it starts with, I think, first coffee. I was really excited about first coffee when I when I got here. I remember they mailed me one of the the first coffee mugs with your class of 2019 on it. Um, first coffee, I think, is one of the ways that really builds this communal spirit at Darden. The learning team experience that we've spoken about a little bit, um, and also the close interaction with professors. I think these are all ways that that help to build the community spirit at uh, Darden. I know you'd ask me for my favorite thing, but I have something else as well. Um, I also really love Charlottesville. Um, and, I, and I didn't expect this coming from Singapore, but I enjoy being in nature. Um, it's soon going to be spring and we have cherry blossoms on campus, which I think is, is, a, is, is fantastic. I never thought that would be the case. And I love being present with the outdoors here. Uh, so those are, I think, the two my two favorite things at Darden and Charlottesville. So we have um, a number of prospective students that listen to the podcast and wonder what your advice would be now that you're almost almost done. What would be your advice for prospective students either considering an MBA, thinking about Darden? What would you share with them? Um, I would say business school is a lot about opportunity. Take it. Um, there are so many things that we can do at business school take them. I, you know, sometimes I also wondered whether the MBA is the right thing for me, but sometimes it takes a leap of faith and just do it attitude that'll help you achieve something that you never thought that you could achieve before. So that would, that would be my advice. The just do it mentality is, is what's going to, it's what's going to get you to business school. And it's what, it's what's going to get you through business school as well. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what uh, led you to consider doing a DWC to Patagonia. Yep. (laughs) Well, Tanvi, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Brett. And that was my conversation with Tanvi Pratmani, a second year student in our class of 2019. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at darden at virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.